Hello and welcome to The Download. I'm your host, Dave Richardson, and we are always pleased uh, to have a conversation uh, with our good friend, Dominic Wallington, who's the head of European Equities at RBC Global Asset Management, coming to us from sunny London. It, uh, it doesn't look sunny in the background there, Dominic. It's uh... No, it's typically overcast, to be honest, Dave. It's very British we... day. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> It suits the cultural milieu, the, the psyche of the Brits. There we go. Well, you're, you, uh, you've you got a sunny disposition today, and, and we're going to talk about something that I, actually I think is, is, is one, of the, one of the stories of the pandemic in, in a way, um, and, and certainly a, a significant investment theme. And, and what we often talk to you about, Dominic, because um, I think you, uh, you, you, you tell the story so well, and, and link it to, uh, you know, the way that investors can benefit from thinking about these, these big, long-term secular trends that are taking place uh, in society. Uh, but is uh, through, through the pandemic, we've changed the way uh, that we do commerce. We've changed the way that we pay for things. And what, why, don't you, uh, why don't you talk about what you're thinking about with, in terms of payment systems and, and the way things have evolved so quickly over the last year, but but this has been going on for a while. Yeah, yeah, I do think it's a fascinating story, to be honest. So um, payments are, are absolutely vital. They're one of those infrastructure things that really makes everything work. And it's this, this idea that we're always nine meals. There's nine meals between civilization and anarchy. If the payment system went down, uh, perhaps we'd be in, in anarchy, and it's a huge system as well. There are estimates that it's between one and a half to two trillion dollars on an annualized basis, and that each of us who makes a payment uh, probably pays the payment industry by about a thousand dollars a year. So it's it's profitable, it's huge, and as you said, it's it's fundamentally changed there's there was uh, an online presence before but this is completely uh, exponentially accelerated during the course of, of the epidemic and it, it's fascinating and there's all sorts of new technologies coming through but I was going to give you some history if that's okay absolutely yeah great well I mean we have to establish that money is an idea it's an abstraction before we can move on because it's just a uh, an idea about credits and debits, about paying off uh, your debts. And the reason that that's interesting is because as, a, as an idea, uh, it can be applied in all sorts of different ways. Now, the main way in which it's been applied for a long time is through the technology of cash. Yeah. So notes and coins. Um, and um, that's been a very, very important way in which the economy has been run from a payments perspective. And then we got cards developing. In the 1950s, there was a small group of individuals who uh, used to go to high-end restaurants in New York City, and they created a dining club. And on the back of that, the diners club card, which was, uh, yeah. as I understand it, was cardboard with numbers written on it originally, that developed and then that expanded. Uh, and now we have a situation after 50 years where we've got 500 billion card transactions globally uh, occurring on an annualized basis. But it, it's taken us 50 years to get there. Um, it's growing 10% per annum and much more of it is online. So it's very associated to what you you talked about before. And, and probably the way which we tend to recognize it is through these brands, Visa and MasterCard. 
Now, those are just routers. They are the companies that ensure that, that the infra infrastructure works, so the payment goes through all of the different stages it needs to go through. Um, but they're very important because uh, apparently just seeing the logo makes you more likely to spend. Huh. It's proven, apparently. So if you're in a um, car dealership and the, and the dealer says to you, uh, do you have a credit card? He's not asking you a silly question. He's priming you uh, to make the transaction. Uh, so the logos themselves have been very important. The card structure has been very important. But um, if we continue to talk about payments, then I think what's happened in China is fascinating. Within China, now there were 500 billion online payments in China alone. And that is uh, based on the back of an industry that developed five years ago. So cards took 50 years, um, online payments using a closed system, wallet system, have taken only five years to reach the same number of transactions. So yeah. we're seeing enormous changes um, led by different parts of the world, but they're happening in, in every single economy. Wow. And uh, yeah, I, I, I know all about this. My, uh, my, my wife and kids are out uh, being influenced by Visa logos every day there uh, when they when they head out to the mall. So it, it, yeah, it, I get the psychology of it, but 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 it is it, it is amazing, and and as you say, it's just a it, it, it's a vehicle, it's a tool, um, you know, on, on, online payment or the whole idea of of, of cash and and money and, uh, but it, it, like every technology and every new technology, the adoption rates just uh, accelerate right every, every through through every different phase and evolution of that technology. Uh, in, you know, if we go back and just look at, 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 at hardware, things like televisions versus computers versus cellular phones and the, the adoption rates are always accelerate. So not surprising that it, that it does this here. And, and, and as you say, the, the real accelerant was the pandemic where I no longer want to physically hold cash. Sometimes I don't even want to transact with a credit card because I might be passing the virus. Uh, at least when we when we thought the virus passed on surfaces by touching by having that 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 physical thing that I'm handing to another human being who may not want to touch something I've just touched, and 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 we've really seen it explode. Yeah, absolutely. So in the UK, at the height of the pandemic last year, the penetration rate of online transactions was seventy percent. The underlying, that's a short term rate. The underlying rate is about 20%, but it's growing at, at double digits. And I think it will be ultimately much higher than, than 20%. Now, we're all familiar with the idea of going into a shop and seeing a reader, a card reader. You either cashless, you, you put your card next to it, or you put it into the reader. But we've also got a proliferation of new technologies that don't even need the reader. Um, so I'll give you an example. When you get out of an Uber, you essentially close the transa transaction by GPS. You know, there's no reader there. Uh, if you go into one of these new Amazon shops, one of my colleagues did it today and, and reported back. You, you put your phone up. There's a QR code. You've got an Amazon app. And then the store is filled with cameras. Um, that begs another question. It's efficiency uh, versus, uh, you know, your own pro privacy but the system works invisibly so you 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 don't you never have a reader 
So we're going to have um, a complication associated with the way that the card payments are made uh, that is going to disrupt certain industries. We've, we've also got new technologies that are coming through, some of the leading companies, Stripe, Square, you know, PayPal, all of these companies have got a, a, a very powerful position, but new technologies are coming through, new ways to make payments are coming through. We've got Venmo, which is developed in the USA, which is essentially payments as social media. So you have a, a, a list of transactions with annotations, uh, I don't know, rent or a great night out. Thanks very much, guys. Uh, and, and this might well change the way in which we, we make payments because payments transactions can actually be very social. So we've got lots of uncertainties about who are going to be the winners and the losers ultimately. And as I said before, the, the, the sizes of, of the market are absolutely huge. Uh, so we think in, in many ways um, you can attach yourself to the trends that are occurring, that these trends have accelerated, uh, but will continue to, to grow at very high levels. Um, but if, you, if you're worried about the, the technology, the stability of the technology, then, then there's two ways that we think you can, you can play it. One is that digital is like everything else. It's about uh, digital payments, sorry, is like everything else in the digital world. Uh, it's driven by technology. Uh, IoT is coming into, into the house. So this would just be another component of, of those growing industries. That there's the joke about if your fridge is hot, it's probably mining for Bitcoins, you know. Uh, <laughs> it's becoming connected. Um, and what's driving that is the semiconductor industry. Now in, in Europe, we have a, a fantastic selection of, of companies with very uh, high levels of, of technology which are contributing to the semiconductor industry, but are not actually fabricators themselves. Companies like ASML, ASMI, all of these are probably attractive places um, to be positioned that are, are not going to be disrupted by new ways of paying, but will benefit from the move online. And then we also have uh, other companies. There's a company called Experian, which is an Anglo-Irish company. It's a digital company with a, a credit bureau underneath it. So it's all about establishing credit. And one of the things that's happening with digital, which is a great thing in many respects, is many more people are being brought into the sphere whereby they can obtain credit because their online transactions can attract a rating and they can therefore get mortgages or consumer credit. And I think Experian is likely to benefit as well. And again, is at the center of the web and unlikely to be disrupted. Yeah. So uh, obviously, Dominic, on, on, on this podcast, we're not making specific recommendations around uh, individual companies. We're just highlighting companies that are that are operating in this space. And you, you highlighted some of the traditional players who are sort of the backbone of the payment system, uh, that they're experiencing higher volumes. You've got some of the new players, some of the uh, some of the, the technology disruption companies uh, that have taken on, uh, in, in some cases, uh, huge amounts of, of, of the market in this space. Uh, but then it, it always comes back with technology. It's like, what are the building blocks of the whole infrastructure of the entire system? Uh, and that's where we highlight things like chip makers. And then there's other firms that have to watch and evaluate how everything's uh, coming all together. So you've highlighted uh, the, the, the different companies that, that play in, uh, in these spaces, uh, particularly from a European perspective. 
because uh, that's the uh, that's the, the chair that uh, that you sit in. So so Dominic, uh, why don't we uh, why don't we both head out to our local coffee shops and use uh, our favorite uh, digital payment method to get a good coffee and to uh, so we can we can enjoy the rest of the day. But uh, always fascinating to uh, to check in with you, find out what you're thinking about, and uh, and and again the idea that you can you can look at these longer term themes. And from an investment perspective, whether you're a portfolio manager, individual investor, you can identify uh, ways that you can benefit from from a trend that is is going to be around for a long, long time and is really going to change the way we operate. So uh, great discussion. Thanks, Dominic. Thanks very much, Dave. That's a great way to review it. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. This recording has been provided by RBC Global Asset Management, Inc. for informational purposes only and is not intended to be investment or financial advice. You should consult your own legal, accounting, tax, investment, or financial planning advisors before engaging in any transactions. RBC Global Asset Management is the asset management division of Royal Bank of Canada, RBC, which includes RBC Global Asset Management, Inc., RBC Global Asset Management, U.S., Inc., RBC Global Asset Management UK Limited, RBC Global Asset Management Asia Limited, and Blue Bay Asset Management LLP, which are separate but affiliated subsidiaries of RBC.